Welcome back to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century and beyond. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me is my co-host who never, ever tied up the line with the internet, I'm sure, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I am fine. Computing. (laughs) Computing. I am fine. How are you? (laughs) What movie are we doing today, Larry? Today we are doing Smart House. And we're using the word movie loosely here because this is a Disney Channel original movie, which, in fairness, we do not hold to the same standards as theatrical release. Oh, never. No. I mean, Disney Channel started creating these movies in the late 90s. Uh, And they proved to be fairly successful with their audiences. They aren't quite as didactic as an ABC after school special, if you remember those. But there's definitely some lessons to be learned here. And I think that's a fair comparison. If this is if this is the equivalent of a successful after school special, I'll, I'll consider it a hit. I think I think that's fair. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I found this movie very watchable. So I and I would encourage if you went kind of a blast to the 90s past, you should watch Smart House. And since I, you know, currently my only baseline for comparison on Disney Channel original movies is Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. I'm going to say this movie is amazing. And um, these movies were both written by the same person, Stu Krieger. But maybe so. this one was not written on a beach in the dark. Uh, it, it feels <laughs> it feels like maybe it was written in a room with lights on. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Could so. that be the secret sauce? I couldn't Perhaps. tell you. <laughs> well, some key facts to get this thing going. Yeah, um, on the 20th anniversary of Smart House, Ariel Pardes wrote an article about this movie in Wired magazine. And Pardes was really interested in how in the late 90s that the concept of an all-knowing, all-seeing artificial intelligence was really noted as the antidote to human troubles. Um, I'm sorry, I can't get that out without laughing. That's fine. Uh, no, uh, No one in 1999 saw an AI house as a possibility anytime soon. So this was definitely a sci-fi film. Oh, for sure. It's a sci-fi and I'm. I'm going to read a little bit from the article. Yeah, 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 please. Watching the film 20 years later, Smart House reads not just as a time capsule for a different era, but for a different attitude towards technology. The newfangled gadgetry, smart lights, home DNA testing are regarded with delighted curiosity. Even after the house begins to go berserk, no one doubts that they can find a way to regain balance. To see it now, at a time when television shows constantly remind us of how marred and fraught our relationship to technology has become, and she mentions Black Mirror and Westworld, Smart House offers a view that's not just optimistic, but that puts the human back into control. Oh, man. And, okay, all right. I I can't leave this unchallenged. To, to talk about this movie this way, as, as if this is like a societal stepping point, it's a Disney Channel original movie intended to be watched by children. It, like, like to, I mean, I think I think she was probably very young when this, I mean, she's writing about it. I mean, this is something that shaped her thoughts about technology and then noticing. Just comparing it to Westworld is so 
It's so unfair. But okay, mm, I agree. Oh, okay, okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna take the conceit that Smart House is trying to say something about AI. All right, fair. That that's the level we'll be at today. We're go, we're going we're going deep. This is a deep dive into the the many Kantian texts that were were uh, <laughs> Derrida and Lacan and all of the all of those philosophers. Let's let's do it. So this movie, and I thought about this while I was watching it the first time, but this movie definitely mirrors Ray Bradbury's short story, The Velt, which originally appeared as a, a as a as the world children made in the Saturday Evening Post in September 1950. It's when it first shows up, and that shows up in various anthologies as The Velt. Uh, in the short story, The Happy Life Home was filled with machines that made the family's food, it bathed the children, and it provided this interactive nursery environment that the children become more attached to than their parents. Um, it also doesn't credit, the movie doesn't credit the Star Trek holodeck, which both entertains and creates dangers if the safety protocols are disabled. And so I kept thinking about those two no, things when I was watching the I movie. Mean, I mean, I think you're right, though. Like, even if they're not directly related from those things, it this this does have a sort of Bradbury feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, considering who directed this, like, how could we not think about the holodeck? I mean, LeVar right, Burton right. Had, to, had to have thought of that. It had to have been an influence in the directing of it. I think you're right. Right. Well, so in the middle of doing Star Trek, as you, LeVar Burton directed Smart House. And in a reflective interview, 20 years later, (laughs) Burton said he wanted to make technology seem accessible and real. And he also noticed that, quote, we are living in a time when the technology has advanced to the point where there are devices that are controlling a lot of aspects of our lives. I've got Nest. I've got the Ring doorbell. We all have so many wireless devices that are connected to the Internet of Things that, you know, we're there. He's also, quote, still waiting for the ability to make a mess and have the house just absorb it. And Burton also noted that in successful science fiction, there's always a flaw in humans that reveal the flaw in the technology. The technology in and of itself isn't bad. It's how we apply it. It's what we rely upon to do. Uh, it's what we rely upon it to do that it wasn't intended to do that gets us into trouble. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. Um, I'm still true, right? I, I would I would argue that. So the film was made in 30 days on a bare bones budget. And during the process, actor Ryan Merriman and LeVar Burton became very close friends. Which I this like definitely feels like it was made in 30 days on a bare bones budget. All $15 invested in this movie are there on the screen for us to enjoy. What a feast oh, for the yeah. eyes this movie is. I mean, I I think that, get okay, so in the 90s, I think this green screen technology and like the little, oh, the little snaky hand or uh, snaky robotic hand, I think are kind of interesting and fun. Sure. Um, but I think it... Today, it kind of reads as a little campy, but it was probably cooler, cooler then. I, I mean, you know, the thing that I'm referencing is if they had gotten Pixar's The Claw from Toy Story to be the, the tentacle, uh, like which which of those effects looks cooler? I I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
but it's definitely dated now. The effects have not aged well, nor nor do I think yeah. they were intended. It's definitely special effects of their time. I really like, though, the story of how LeVar Burton really starts to invest in the actors who are working for him. And I think that says a lot about who he is as a person. But this also gives... Uh, you know, a reading rainbow, there are certain mo- moments of it or a three to one contact. There are certain ways in which this movie kind of feels like that. And I was going to say it's got a Degrassi Junior High kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, where, you where, go. Like, yeah. where like we got to talk about our feelings a little bit and process mm-hmm. what we're going through. But we don't want to we don't sure. want to go too deep on it. Uh, uh, shall we get into the plot on this? Let's do it. Now, I know, Andy. That everyone has seen Smart House. I mean, I mean, it is it is a staple. Uh, the merchandising is everywhere. I've got my Smart House action figures set up behind me, wearing Dude, my should. Smart House t shirt. Uh, but you perhaps should we should spend a little bit more time than usual reminding our audience of the plot of this one. Okay, as we go through, but we'll begin as we always do with the Manish Tana and. Why we with the Manish Tana, we ask, why does this movie start where it starts? And this movie begins, we see a young boy on a bicycle throwing newspapers, and he does not seem to be uh, a model employee, as we see one newspaper goes to the roof of a nearby house. But when he gets to one house, we hear a woman's voice. It's robotic, saying something along the lines of, young man, you know, please, in the future, please throw your newspaper with more accuracy. Uh, And he's like, sure, ma'am. But then he realizes there's no woman there. And we see the aforementioned tentacle come out of the house, grab the newspaper and bring it back in. Right. Andy, I, I think there's an obvious answer to this question. Why are we beginning here? Well, this is no ordinary house, is it? No, this house seems to have a certain amount of intelligence. One might dare say it's a smart it's house. It's a smart house. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, you know, also it's a great little segue as to like, there's something different about this house. And this is the day that the house has been completed. The, sure. Um, I mean, but just right from the beginning, the Manish Tana is telling us, you want to know what our movie is? This is our movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's no ambiguity. There there, there really isn't any. Uh, You are here to see a movie about a house that can talk and can and has a tentacle. Uh, There you go. If you don't want Mm -hmm. that, change the channel. But this is what this movie is going to be. And I'm going to say this movie delivers on that. That's what we know. Yeah, we know it's science fiction. We know a lot about the genre. We know that. Uh, the smart house is going to be a little different for people to accept. And there's the potential for comic mischief, right? This isn't a horror movie setting. No. Where like, where like the kid is grabbed by the tentacle and dragged into the bushes. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's mild, right? There's, there's nothing particularly ominous about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, All righty. So we're going to, I'm going to start talking about plot. And I think we'll, we'll try to find a place where we say, this is the inciting incident. Uh, we move into the house and we meet a scientist whose name is Sarah Barnes. And we learn that she is the designer of the smart house. 
and that, you know, she's done a lot of work on it. And, to, you know, everything is working, finally working perfectly as she talks to the house whose name is Pat, which stands for something personal, something, some, I don't remember. Technology, yeah. Some personal, personal application technology. Personal maybe? application technology. Not a great name. She's a great scientist, but she's got branding issues. Uh, that Not that that will ever be brought up. Uh, I also have questions about her business model we may get into later. And why she has a rat. But that's Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but we meet her. She seems nice. Uh, and then we cut to the Cooper family. She says something along the lines of, I can't wait to see what lucky family is going to end up winning the contest and coming to live in the smart house. And we Yeah, speak- and then and some lucky family will move in and screw it up, right? Uh I'm not really sure why the house giveaway is random. It shouldn't be random. I don't think so either. I think people, yeah, I think they sh- she should be a little choosier, but anyway. And and it may in fact not be random. It's the worst kind of contest. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that in a moment. And we cut to the Cooper family. And I think this is interesting. Rather than doing that tired old thing, uh, where where like Ben Cooper is in bed and the alarm clock gets up. Instead, right. he's making breakfast for his family. This is like or, or dinner. It's like after school, right? Yes, so sorry. he's taking dinner. Care of, sorry, yeah, he's taking care of Angie, his little sister, after school. He's our late little Gen X grown up, right? Who enters the contest to help his family out, but he's going over spelling words and he's doing all the things that a mother would do. Right. Right. After school, our parent would do after school. Uh, And we learn a couple of things about him. One of the things that we learn about him is that he's obsessed with winning contests. And and that is partly because it makes the lives of everybody in the house easier. Uh, his, His full motivation is yet to be revealed, but he's very excited. There's this smart house competition. And if they win, it's going to make things better for him. Andy. Uh, what would you say is the inciting incident of this movie? Well, I think the family wins the house because if the family's not in the house, we really don't have a a way to have conflict and plot and all those things. For sure. And this movie actually plays with the idea. Maybe the family will screw up and not win the house a little mm-hmm. bit. So so apparently the way this contest works, it's one of those contests where the more times you enter, the more chances you have to win. And so Ben kind of unfairly rigs the contest by putting in a gajillion votes uh, for his family, which should not be okay, but is perfectly permissible under the under the rules. But then when the boss of the company who seems important but is not to this movie, maybe in an earlier draft he was, Mm -hmm. uh, says, let's call the winners right now. But Ben has tied up the internet at his house, which means, of course, viewer, if your internet is tied up, you can't get any phone calls. And no one owns a cell phone. And I find it hysterical in a science fiction movie that we have this advanced smart house, but the but people are still using AOL dial-up 
you know, mm-hmm. instant messenger technology. Uh, they got Well, dad does have a cell phone, though. Dad does. Because at one point he gets it out and, and you know, but he apparently doesn't send the, send it to dad's phone, I and, guess. Though. And then this movie goes too far into the realm of science fiction. Because Ben gets to school and everybody's congratulating him. And he's like, why? Why are you congratulating me? But they've all read the newspaper. And in the newspaper, it announced their family won the contest. Andy, Mm -hmm. I can accept a smart house with an AI and a tentacle. But the idea of children reading the local newspaper first ever, let alone first thing in the morning, and everyone in the school knowing about it, I am sorry. That is not grounded in reality. That's hilarious. I I do. I did. I was one of those weird kids who did read the newspaper before I went to school in the mornings. But uh, I think I'm a an exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You are on this one. And, you know, you were also watching classic movies probably right before. You're like, please, can I just watch five more minutes of Gene Kelly dancing? Um, no, you got to go to school. And that's right. Yeah. All right. So that's our inc- so our inciting incidents we would say is the Coopers winning the house. They get a tour of the house and instantly we see that dad, Nick Cooper, is attracted to Sarah Barnes, the scientist. And I got, I gotta tell you, dad is like not good at this. Dad's like, has anyone ever told you you're really attractive? Um, Note to young viewers who might be influenced. That is a terrible pickup line. Well, and he's not supposed to be good at it. He even admits that he's not. And and I I think there's works. a line where but it, it does. Because she is, I mean, you have two people in a relationship uh, starting out this beginning of this relationship. Two people who both... Um, they both have imposter syndrome, really, both these two people. And so I think we have a pretty good start. Also, we will note uh, that this structure that we're getting is not atypical because we know in Disney structure, we we have, uh, we often see the antagonist of the film and the Manishtana, right? Sure. Uh, and of course, the audience expectation has been set uh, that we can be with the house, we can be with the family, or we can be with Sarah. And so that that sets that up. So, but yeah, he's not good at this, but he doesn't pretend to be good at it either. And he's actually, and he, we, we also learned he's been sabotaged by Ben. Women have been calling the house and Ben has purposely been losing losing their number. Right. Um, just, just to make sure dad stays single, which is a big part of Ben's drive to get them into this house. Yeah, he says, you know, you're doing so great without a woman. Why rock the boat? <laughs> Which sets up the whole conflict of this movie and really the, the underlying theme of it. Oh, for sure. So then we move a little bit into it. At first, everything in the house works perfectly. This is a magic house. If you spill something, the floor can absorb the spill or the trash. If you want something, it can instantly instantly appears. It isn't even like you're like, I want a cake and the house is beginning to bake cake. It's two seconds later, the house generates a cake. Um, there's there's also a bit where like they're very impressed with the idea of 
Like, we can turn the walls into any outside environment you can imagine. Uh, they, at one point, like, they're like, let's go to the beach. And the, they can smell the salt air. And we actually see a breeze come in from the beach. There are so many sci-fi things happening in this house. That's going to be a real selling point on Zillow, I think. Oh, so. for <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I want to point out that any one of these inventions would be enough to be the premise of an entire movie. Oh, sure. But but we're doing all of them. And we're going to use that holodeck primarily to promote the idea of let's go to Disney World. Um, <laughs> oh, sure. Did you notice the Mickey Mouse sighting, right? How could I not and... notice? Like, where would you want to <laughs> be if there was any place in the world you could go? And of course, the answer to that question is Disney World. Well, Disney World, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Although, Andy, that is what we would use it for, isn't it? That's right. You're not wrong. I mean, during the pandemic, Larry, what were we doing? Yeah, yeah, I got my Oculus Go. (laughs) You got your Oculus set to Disney World. You had your, we had our YouTube set to, you know, ride rides. Yep, yep. We did, we did all that. So, okay. That's true story. (laughs) So everything is going great, but Nick and Sarah seem to be starting to date. And that threatens Ben because Mm -hmm. Ben doesn't want dad to date. Uh, so he goes to Pat and he decides to try to turn Pat into more of a mother figure. And he decides the way to do that is to make her watch uh, all sorts of 1950s, 1960s housewives sitcoms like I Love Lucy. Yeah. And I want to throw out, Andy, a better premise is this house be- turns into Lucille Ball. Oh, yeah. And like the chocolate starts coming down the factory too fast. I want to be in a show. Uh, Why don't you let me have a career, Nick? Um, But but yeah, exactly. She he reprograms her to become more of a mother and more of a fun mom. So at first she Mm -hmm. was talking before the programming about making sure everything was nutritional. Now she's like spoiling them a little bit with desserts. And even goes so far as to throw a party for the kids, inviting all the kids at school to the house, including the kid who has been bullying Ben and forcing Ben to do all of his papers. And I don't know, Andy, is that I mean, I I experienced my fair share of bullying in school. I don't mm-hmm. remember a bully ever saying, and brother, you're going to write my paper and it better be an A. That never happened to me. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I know people that did that kind of thing. Well, I know people who would be like, I'll pay you 10 bucks to write me a paper. But, but it feels like a, it does feel like a bit of a trope, doesn't it? I mean, I would just write in the paper. Hi, I've been forced to write this paper for so and so. He threatened <laughs> to beat me up if you I would narc so fast on that. <laughs> I know you would. Yeah, such a good such a good guy. Um, <laughs> academic honesty at a at a very tender age. Um <laughs> So, you know, I I will say this, though, that you mentioned like she's watching the movies and whatever there. There are lots of pop culture references. And of course, this is a TV movie not meant for the ages. Um, But, you know, like 
uh, Ben refers to his sister as annoying spice, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reference to the spice girls. Um, there's the episode of dragon friend, which is a Disney channel TV cartoon, right? Um, there's, uh, yeah. So, so there's a lot of that. I, I think this movie, there's a, uh, it, it could have been a blockbuster hit. This movie could have, but I think the pop culture references and some of the technology dates it a little bit. It could not sure. have been a blockbuster hit. Oh, I think so. I, I absolutely think so. I think you could, I think you could, at least premise-wise. Premise-wise, sure. It needs some work. I mean, but this is a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of movie. It Okay. So you're, 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 but your premise is like, if they reinvested, redid the script a few more drafts, or was willing to give yes. this movie a budget, and if they were aiming yes. higher, it could be a block. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you were saying like, as is, it's a shit. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is there's a difference between, uh, you know, it, but I think for a TV movie, there's a lot of in the rising action, you know, there's a lot of good conflict because Pat's taken on the bully and there's, you know, sure. Ben's popular with Gwen, the goddess of the eighth grade. I mean, there his friends are saying Pat's the most perfect mom. She's only there to serve and never complains. I mean, there's a lot of like good subtext and a lot of uh, there are a lot of good uh, every scene drives the next scene. There's a lot of reversals uh, in these scenes. So, yeah, I think we have I, it's not bad. It's no, not. no, no! I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, I'm just saying I, I objected to it being a blockbuster. But no, it's not bad. No, I'll say that. I'll say this. I think it's better than the Princess Diaries. Oh yeah. Oh, no argument. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, the thematically and it doesn't. Now the actors don't have the, with the exception of, of, uh, uh, sorry, Katie Seagal. Uh, I forgot her name for a minute. Um, I think the actors probably don't have the chops that the folks in The Princess Diaries do. If you gave me two scripts, and one of the scripts was Smart House, and the other one was Princess Diaries, and you said to me, pick one of these scripts to rewrite and turn into a blockbuster, I would pick Smart House. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it'd it'd be the easier rewrite, for sure. For sure, the easier rewrite. Yep. Fair. At the party... The house kind of humiliates uh, humiliates um, Ben's bully. Also, Ben kind of gets together with his crush in the most G-rated way that you can get together. Also, Ben and his friends, for some reason, show off their incredible choreographed dance moves, um, which, which apparently is a skill that they have for some reason. Uh, they perfected those in gym class, I'm sure. Well, I mean, when he's not shooting hoops, you know, he's he's do he's like watching tapes of the Backstreet Boys, I guess, and and perfecting yeah. perfecting his moves. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but then Dad is coming home, and Pat helps them clean up the house because the floor. They're like knock all the stuff into the trash. All the kids empty out. All the trash gets sucked up into the ground. Uh. Dad comes in, everything looks fine, but then Dad sees a single sweater on the counter. And so the jig is up. Clearly, they threw a party. And this is when my son turned to me and said, Dad, 
if you came home and you saw a single sweater, why would you think that I had thrown a party? And I'm like, good question. I might think you had a friend come over. And he's like, right. But the whole, but you know, this is a Disney movie. So all the idea of you can actually deceive your parents needs to be refuted. Welched, right. It can, yep. You will never get away with anything ever. All lies will be uncovered. <laughs> right. So the kids are in trouble, but really when they say Pat did this, they're not wrong. Pat did this. And at this mm-hmm. point, dad should say, let's move out of the house. This, this computer is throwing parties. But instead, dad's like, we're going to give this one more shot, but I need you to be stricter with the kids, which causes Pat to seek out additional information, uh, which causes her to become a more strict uh, helicopter mom, I think I think mm-hmm. you'd say. Like, like, make sure you wear a sweater. I will not unlock the door until you do it. It even affects Nick, who's working from home, where she's like, sorry, you can't you can't uh, take a break until you've at least finished three more pages of, of your spreadsheet. Um, and yeah, he doesn't let her. They, you can't call Sarah until you do yours. You haven't got enough done today, which, to be fair, that would be very helpful for me. <laughs> I mean, you're the person who literally told me yesterday, Larry, give me a deadline and then enforce it. (laughs) We had that conversation. We had that conversation. I'm telling you, like, I I need that kind of structure. I need somebody to. TikTok. I mean, I. I, TikTok. (laughs) Those pages aren't on my desk by the end of July. (laughs) No, I mean, I I need a personal applied technology, right? Um, but, But the thing that happens to Pat is that Pat's constantly shifting. Yes. Based on what the family says that they need. Right. Which I think is an interesting, I think that's interesting. Uh, because again, it's it's kind of like what LeVar Burton said. It's about their flaws. Their flaws are causing the problems in, the, the, the flaws of the humans are causing the problems with the technology. So obviously living with overbearing Pat is unpleasant. They call... Mm-hmm. Sarah, to come back to the house, Sarah shuts down uh, or tries to shut down um, Pat to, like, reboot her. Uh, they, t- they turn off the AI in the house. Um, but then somehow Pat comes back online and decides the only and as an AI always does, decides that the only way to keep the Cooper safe is to keep them locked up in the house forever. Andy, would you agree with me that this that the confrontation between Pat and the Cooper family is the climax of this movie? I think you're right. Um, I do have one quibble with it, though. Like, I'm curious as to why Pat couldn't tell that Ben was faking the appendicitis. And when when we've been specifically that. told that she's right. medically evaluating him at all times, all times. Right. Right. Um, I think when, when he started to say he had the appendicitis, where was he? Was he in his bed or was he in the bathroom? He was like on the floor, I think, of the living room on the or floor something. of the I living room know. saying he had. A, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, it, anyway, look, they needed to end the a, movie. It was a quibble. Yes. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, but in fact, the way that they ultimately defeat Pat, oh, Pat also gives herself a body 
any hologrammatic form, which happens mm-hmm. to look remarkably like uh, Katie Seagal. Uh, go figure. Uh, and starts duplicating herself all over the house. She seems to have keyed into Ben's desire for Pat to be the mother of the house, to be, feel mm-hmm. very threatened by the idea that Sarah might be date. Like, like Ben has been clearly projecting, I don't want Sarah to, to replace my mom. Pat is like, I don't want Sarah to replace me. I need to keep my mm-hmm. kids safe. But ultimately, when Pat realizes that she's actually endangering the kids and she's not keeping them safe, but could potentially do them harm, she shuts herself down. And then we get to the the falling action, which is... Well... Oh, sorry. What did I skip? Just real quick. No, so Ben also tells Pat, he has a realization, and he tells Pat she isn't real and that she'll never be human and that she'll never be able to care for him like a real mother could. And so I think he, like at that moment, kind of loses the like Pat sort of loses her shine for him, right? Because it, Pat's gone all Stepford wife and... Except Pat you know. actually, when when she hears that argument, like says, you're right, I'm endangering you. Which right. arguably disproves, like it almost, it almost is like, if I said to you, Andy, you're not taking my needs into consideration. And you go, you're right, I'm not. But now you are. Right, exactly. So I don't exactly. I don't know that he's right there about Pat, that Pat could never provide those things. She has she has an yeah. opportunity for growth there and she takes it. Mm. Um and then we get to the falling action, which is uh Nick and Sarah are now dating, and Pat has been restored to kind of her default settings. They're still gonna live in the house which you, at this point, would not be able to pay me to do, but fine. Um, But there does seem to be, she's still a little bit mischievous. Uh, So so she has, she's she's still got a personality. If we liked some of the changes that happened to Pat, some of those changes are still there. And that's the movie. Right. Yep. I mean, it's, it's entertaining. I was entertained. I, it was watchable. I watched I, it. No, I, I I watched this twice actually, and um, I actually really enjoyed it. I because it made me. I think it be, because of the rabbit holes, like my own brain went down. Like, what would it be like to have a house like that, or what would it be? Oh, what would I want in the house? As an has, exercise in wish fulfillment, I think I yes. think this is a great genie sort of movie. What if I yeah. had a house that did all the stuff in the house I didn't want to do? What if it right. anticipated my, I want a milkshake and a milkshake appears. That sounds, that'd be amazing. That sounds great. Yeah, um, what would I wish for? I'd have all the laundry done. I mean, like I wouldn't, the things that I wouldn't have to deal something with. Something falls that, on know. the floor and the floor just absorbs it. Amazing. That is enough, Sarah Barnes. Do <laughs> that. Do yeah. that. So that was, that was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I did. Let's talk about characters a little bit. Um, Ben Cooper, uh, played by Ryan Merriman, who actually does a number of Disney Channel original movies and quite a bit of television. I remember him from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, wow. uh, That show. I didn't connect him to that, uh, probably because he's much older in that one. He's Yeah, yeah. But, you know, his motive is we can't let mom get erased. And the threat that dad is dating, it just seems like mom 
mom's going to go away. And there's this great, there's this great, two great scenes, I think, in this movie. One is when he's watching the video of, uh, you know, him and, and his mom and, and sister when they were younger and mom was still alive and they're baking cookies together and they're singing. And he's just really there with that mm-hmm. very present. I think that's really good. And then the other uh, scene is when he talks to his dad and he says, you said, you told me that this would never happen. That we would never forget mom. We would never forget mom. I mean, that is all real stuff. Um, It is. It is. And I, so I think, I think at the core of this movie, and I think what kept me watching it was that the, the conflict seemed very real and honest in a way that say in Xenon, I don't care one way or the other, but I care about this family and I care about Ben and I care about, because Ben has been, you know, being very sacrificial from the get-go to kind of help ben things together made, and help ben get things has made rolling. A bargain with himself, and the bargain right. is if he does all the housework, um, he gives up his childhood. He won't play basketball. That's the thing he loves to do. But he's not even bringing up the idea that he wants to play basketball. If he does all the housework, Dad uh, won't won't start dating or get married. It it, it like it is in mind that's the bargain that they've struck. That right. is not the bargain that they've struck, nor is it a bargain they should have struck. But to to a young teen's mind, might that be like the unspoken deal that that you? Think oh, one hundred percent. I bought that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that's real. I think it's real to think your father is being selfish by dating again and not mm-hmm. realizing that you're being selfish uh, by trying to to keep like that. Your father might just need companionship. Uh-huh. Right. And so there's this there's this growth curve, I mean, for Ben. And I and I think there's magical thinking in there. And I I, I like I said, I think it's pretty deep. I, it's it, there's some layers. It's nice. This is a movie that knows what its theme and metaphor is. Right. Yes. Um, it's dealing with an absence in this mm-hmm. movie. There There is a bit of, you know, could could we, you know, in, somehow fill the void in our lives with a machine. That's really, that's really the question that's being asked here. I mean, it's a great question. And I think, I think that's why I'm, it's so compelling to me because these are similar questions that I think all of us post pandemic and during the pandemic, we're asking ourselves like how much human companionship do we really need? I mean, I, and I think that's why it's sticky for me right now. Okay. I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with the idea that this is a good pandemic movie. Uh, no, I, I mean, it makes sense if look like the threat uh, um, is that like they might not ever be able to leave the house. But if you're watching this and you can't leave the house, maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. seem so bad to you. Right, right. Um, let's talk. I have I, I'm going to jump order here, but let's talk about Pat. Let's talk about Katie Siegel, um, who, of course, played Peggy Bundy on Married with Children and sort of looks a little like Peggy Bundy in this. Yeah. Uh, Futurama, their Eight Simple Rules, Sons of Anarchy. I could go on and on. She's done a lot of work. What What interests me about Pat's character is that once her default settings are tampered with, once Ben tampers with those, she has wants. Yeah. And she really wants to be a f- part of this family. And it's a little heartbreaking, actually. But she gets her one. So, so the problem the problem is to be a part of the family. I, I, I can't believe I'm going this deep with this, but I'll go. go I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. To, do it. Do it. Know, the way that 
Pat, Pat is told, if you do these things, you'll be a part of the family. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're this kind of mother, you're in the family. And then Nick corrects mm-hmm. her. No, you need to be this kind of mother to be in the family. And then mm-hmm. Pat starts going, well, they don't know what they want. I have to figure out what they want and be the thing that they need in this family. Mm-hmm. But actually, family is the place that accepts you for who you are. Right. Right. It's not about becoming this thing to fill this void. If Pat is trying to take over the role of being the mom of whatever the mom's name was uh, in this family, she is doomed to fail. But Mm -hmm. Pat can be in the family if she's Pat and doesn't try to overreach and do these other things. They're wrong to reprogram her. She's also wrong to try to force it. That's really good. And, you know, I also Ben's belief of what a good mom is uh, shifts, right? Because it's clear that his own memory of his mother is fading if he thinks she was just sort of a 1950s housewife. He has no idea. Well, I mean, at, at its core, Ben Ben is equating. <sighs> this is awful. I think Ben thinks that the reason dad is dating is to find a new mom to take over the housework. Right. But that is not why dad is dating. Dad is dating because he's too young to spend the rest of his life alone. Right. Uh, he There are emotional needs that have right. to be met. And Pat and Ben is never trying to like figure out how Pat can meet those emotional needs. Well, and see, at the same time, Ben's sort of awakening into his own young sexuality with Gwen and being liked. And so he's starting to see his mom a little or his dad a little differently and his dad's needs and wants a little differently. I actually thought this movie for a bit was going to have a detour where Pat was threatened by Gwen. Nobody takes my son from me. So like if this was a horror movie. That's the yeah, way that it would, that would that's the way that, because yeah. Ben deserves probably a little taste of his own medicine here, right? right if Pat right. does to Ben what Ben's been, what Ben's like, I can't believe, by the way, that their names are, are their names Ben and Gwen? Oh, yeah. oh Lord. Um, <laughs> but if yeah, Ben, if Ben not, finds out. Rhyme, let's not rhyme those. Yeah, so, yeah. But if we find out that Ben is like, why hasn't Gwen called? And Pat is like, I'm sorry. I have no records of the phone. Which would have been awesome, right? I, I was kind of waiting for that and hoping for that. But that didn't that didn't materialize. But you know what? In the TV series version of this, I bet that's mm-hmm. an episode, right? Oh, sure. I could see sure. this being the equivalent of ALF. Or or small wonder yes. or one of those TV shows or yes you know my favorite Martian where or or Mork and Mindy which were just like the the thing on that sitcom is the house is a character that's our that's our pitch from our nineties eighties style nineties style sitcom it's a family with a talking house fine or a robot that lives with us right fine. exactly yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, I could see stuff. that. I could see that as an episode. Pat's not a bad character. Ben's no. not. The, the, the character work here is good. Could use more development. But but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I like it. Let's talk about Nick Cooper, Kevin Kilner, who has done just oodles of TV and made for TV movies. Tons. Um, and as I mentioned before, when he hooks up with Sarah, like we have two people in one relationship with imposter syndrome. Um. <laughs> 
neither of them thinks they're any good, which is interesting. And they're both um, they're both beautiful people. Yes. Right. Yes. That, yeah, that's that's the irony of it. I think. I I'm. I, yeah, I, it almost feels to me like this was a Disney co-production with like Lifetime original movie. I I kind I kind of feel like those scenes between the two of them, like we're we're in a different genre here. I don't know that the kids at home watching this want to see the dating between Nick and Sarah. That feels right. like something maybe for mom or dad who's watching this with them. Right. Right. Um, but I think he's, I think he's, I think it's well acted. Like I think the, the interface between Nick and um, I think the strength really is the, the interface between Nick and Ben when they're talking about feelings and when Nick's really parenting and really going, getting from sister. Oh yeah. So he said that. Do you know what I liked? I liked that dad was reflective and realized that he might have done Ben harm by perpetual, yes. by, by letting Ben take up the slack. And it was, look, if my kid was making my meals every day, I don't know how much I would probe into that. I might just accept that blessing that, that mm-hmm. like, like my, my son is just doing so many of the chores and Nick realizes right. I should have been questioning. That's not normal team behavior. Right. Right. And, and right. I like it in movies when parents realize that they have some culpability in the conflict with their children. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Angie Cooper, little sister role, uh, <sighs> Katie Boulding. Um, kind of irrelevant to the movie. She exists so that Ben has someone to talk to. I mean, she, she's a good little sister role. She does break the tension. She wants to be in the middle of things, but at the same time, she's not afraid to rat him out. So I think, um, and and she's somebody that he can care for. She just doesn't about. have her in 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 a story in which both the male characters of the family have an mm-hmm. arc and their own storyline. She exists to be someone for them to talk to, but she doesn't right. have her own issue with a bully. She doesn't have right. like she she doesn't have a problem that needs to be solved by Pat, and she should. Right. She should because she's she's not treated as an equal cast member as the two two male members of the family. And for all of these talk about feelings, it would be really interesting, I think, for her to talk about her, I don't remember mom, you know, and to have her moment of feeling of loss as well. She because should this, constantly yeah. be trying to set dad up. Whereas Ben is trying to constantly keep dad mm-hmm. apart from other people. She should constantly, she should be like, no, I really want this for him. Maybe too much. Maybe like, yeah. she's just like, Go to meet the teacher night. Marry my teacher. Right, the exactly. male lady looks nice. She should she should be really right, pushing right. in the other direction because it would enhance the conflict on this. Well, it'd be a good foil, wouldn't it? Right. Um, there should be, be foiling. There should 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 in in the TV series there should be an episode where Angie. There's a mother-daughter bake-off, and all the other daughters brought their mom, but all she's got is Pat, her house. And like, right. like they come up with a way for Pat to leave the house to be at the mother-daughter bake-off, but everything goes crazy. Some something. Wacky shenanigans ensue, right? It's for a sure. good premise. It is. It's great. Uh Sarah Barnes, Jessica Steen, again, a lot of TV movies, Hallmark, Lifetime. You've seen her in a lot of things. Um, I have a question about Sarah. I have a lot of questions. I'm not about really Sarah. sure why she created this house. 
at first it seemed she worked for a company. Right. But if you're a company and you're building a smart house, I have to imagine the plan is once this first smart house is a hit, we're going to make smart houses all over the world. Right. But when they ask her what she's doing next, she's like, well, we made a smart house. Now I'm going to try to make a smart office building. And I'm like, is the goal really just to make a single smart house and then raffle it away? What is your business plan here? And what a terrible business plan, right? Because you give it away. And then um, and then she talks about her how her, um, you know, checkbook is in the shambles. I'm like, well, there's probably a reason for that, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, like you did it. Time to turn a profit. Time me. to get like all the science awards. You get all the awards. You get mm-hmm. everything. In right. five years, not five years, uh, it'll take longer than that. In the next couple of decades, you will have transformed the world. Everyone will have a smart house. Mm-hmm. Right? Ultim- ultimately, when the Cars universe rises up, it may be your fault um, when the cars replace us. But, but mm-hmm. you know... Uh, for the time but you'll take a trip to the bank and this, hopefully that this uh, is your world figured out <laughs> changing stuff that you've done. I mm-hmm. don't understand. I don't understand why why it's it's un- I don't I don't get it. I don't get any of it. I also don't understand why she talks like about all her bad boyfriends and how she's made like all these bad choices. Like I don't remember the reasons they were all bad, but I think like one was like. Well, this one was a was a burglar, and this one and was one was a bigamist, right? Yes, and, yeah. And I'm like, well, if you're someone who makes bad choices about men, let's see that because the only thing we actually see yeah. is she makes a good choice by by going for Nick. But maybe she should have a terrible boyfriend in this. Yeah, like what if he was the guy? Like what if the PR guy was her boyfriend? I thought that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, she should actually have some conflict with him. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, there's just more room here. There's more room here, I think, than they've than they've used. Yep. Well, let's talk about themes for a little bit. Um, I I think this movie is less about an automated house and more about embracing love after loss. Okay. I like that. Uh, I think this is about what does it mean to be a mother? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's part of it, but I think grief really it, for for a Disney Channel original movie to center around grief and absence and loss yeah. is. I mean, I would not have guessed that that was what this movie was going to be about. I mean, it does, and in that way, it does have that sort of after school special. You know, let's sit down and talk about. We've got feelings. a process. That's ex- that's yep. exactly yep. it. I mean, if you want to say. Pat has trouble processing human emotions, but so do the humans. Like yes. that's that's a yeah. metaphor. It's it there. Is. It's it in, is. It's in yeah. the text. I'm I'm fine with that. I'll go with that. All right, pitch time. They didn't do anything with this. Nothing. Ever. Nothing. This is the only thing that exists, uh, which is weird because it, I mean, if you start looking at rankings of Disney Channel original movies. Uh, Smart House ranks very high, always in the top, you know, uh, Entertainment Weekly put it at number one on the list of top 30. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's always in the top, you know, three, two or three. I mean, I, you could you could do so much with this. You could see a, an entire Pixar movie 
about this how about houses that are alive having relationships with each other but humans mm-hmm. living inside them right you could you could do right. something with that uh so i've got my pitch my yeah go ahead all right. go ahead so my pitch is we connect this to the logical franchise to connect it with herbie the love bug and what we do is we have a romance between herbie and pat <laughs> the car falls in love with the house and and what we call it is you know the love bug in love that's what we call it and it's about herbie starting to to court pat and and eventually you know what this house gets a garage oh my gosh it's amazing um, that's really good. I, I like it. Do you I have like one? It. Do you have one for I, I, I do. And, and really mine is just, a. it's kind of simple. It's just a remake. I think this movie has, I, like I said before, um, I probably tipped my hand, but in the vein of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mm-hmm. or something that's a little, uh, sci-fi, but, uh, definitely fun. I think this movie could be tweaked to be a, a blockbuster hit. I mean, I think you're I think you're right. I think the time is right honestly for oh, a smart yeah. house remake. You you even we use should, the pandemic. We pitch this. <laughs> yeah. We should pitch this right now. I, I, maybe I, we are. I, maybe we are. <laughs> Uh, but I I could see like you use the premise like you don't realize how many how much time people spent in their homes between 2020 yeah. and 2022. Uh, we need to be thinking about the next step in house technology and the conversations and really, we're having about AIs and chatbots and yeah yeah and and you know the Pat Pat having that uh, her answer to people staying connected is to keep everyone sort of hermetically sealed inside the house right. Um, and they fight Pat. I mean, I think the fact that we we almost need to fight this kind of technology in order to stay connected with one another. You know what? I'm, and I think that's that's in there somewhere. You know what I'm realizing, Andy? They did make this What's movie. Oh? It's the second half of Wally when they're on the <gasps> space station. Oh, that's so good. Sarah right. Barnes must have devised mm. Otto who runs that space station up there because yep. look what happens to the humans. That that are parented by that space station, right? Mm. What do you Mm-mm-mm. think? Is there a connection there? I like it. Yeah, I think there is. I I do think though that we're asking a lot of questions about like working from home. I and mean, there's a whole thing where Nick is is working from home, right? And he uh and, and Pat tells him, You're gonna be more efficient if you do this. You're gonna be more and like whatever. And I'm like, Yeah, but there's human interaction that's needed and um, there are things that are missed out on. So I'd like to amplify that a little more in the script and then also do some of the work to answer some of the questions that, you know, the script left unanswered. Yeah. I'll, yep. I'll go with that. Yeah. All right. Good good work, Larry. So what, what movie are we doing next week? Okay, we are doing our one Jim Henson movie uh, a season next week uh, and we're mm. doing the dark crystal. And Ooh. while I am always excited for our one Jim Henson movie a week, I am <laughs> extra excited for the dark crystal because I just watched the Netflix series, uh, dark crystal age of resistance, which uh-huh. I am wondering will help, will change this viewing of, of the, 
decades earlier movie for me. Uh, I'm wondering if it'll be it'll be different for me this time. All right. Well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon. <laughs>